This is your moment, your time to shine, your comeback. You're ready for the next step in your career, and you want an education employers respect. So you're not just going back to school. You're coming back with Purdue Global. Backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected public universities, Purdue Global is built for people who bring their life experience into the online classroom. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited time 2% cash back on purchases and pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. Welcome to 500 Greatest Songs, a podcast based on Rolling Stone's hugely popular, influential, and sometimes controversial list. I'm Brittany Spanos. And I'm Rob Sheffield. We're here to shed light on the greatest songs ever made and discover what makes them so great. From classics like Fleetwood Mac's Dreams to The Ronettes' Be My Baby, and modern day classics like The Killer's Mr. Brightside. Listen to Rolling Stone's 500 Greatest Songs on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Listen to the highly anticipated 100th episode of Tank and Jay Valentine's R&B Money Podcast with artist Chris Brown. Even working with you from Carrie Hilson, Adonis. Mm-hmm. Back in the day, I was 15, 14 doing that album. So like I said, I was in school like, yeah. okay, this is how you do it. This is how you make a song. There's a verse, a pre-chorus, and then a hook. I didn't know none of that. You learned I, that over a summer, bro. That's what I, it felt like. That's what it felt like. Listen to R&B Money on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Kanye West, Grammy Drama. Megan Thee Stallion, Sued by Label. And our guest, Laura B. Whitmore. You're listening to The The Biz Biz Tape. Welcome to episode 75 of The Biz Tape, your all things music business and media podcast. I am here with my co-host, Colin McKay, and we absolutely are so ecstatic to have uh, this guest on today. Uh, Calling her a trailblazer does not really fully encompass what she's done for the music industry, and most importantly, women in the music industry. She is the founder of Women's International Music Network, where she advocates for women in the music industry and producer of the She Rocks Awards, which you have probably heard of. Um, an event that is also famous for honoring women, and they also have a podcast, which she hosts, if you did not know. She's also the Senior C- VP of Marketing for Positive Grid, as well as a music journalist for outlets such as Parade.com and Guitar World Magazine and many, many more. And did I also mention she worked for Korg for 20 years, <laughs> leaving to start her own business, Mad Sun Marketing, which helped rollouts for companies such as Music First, New Bay Media, Notion Music, Soundtree, Sterling Audio, and many, many more. She's an integral part to the music industry, I, I, I just have to say. But um, you can check out the She Rocks podcast. Now streaming on Apple Podcasts, please welcome to the show, Laura B. Whitmore. Yay. Thank you so Thank much. Thank you. I'm just going to take you around with me to just introduce <laughs> me everywhere I go. Absolutely. I can MC every t- any time. Awesome. I wish I feel good. 
I was just going, I was like, how did we get, how do we get them? Joe, like you kept going on. With I fire. definitely did a lot of light, heavy stalking. I feel like at that point of just, you know, going through all your bios on all the different websites. You missed, you missed a couple of things, but it's okay. I did. What did I miss? What did I miss? I want to know. Well, I'm also, you know, I'm also a musician. I've yes. got an album coming out this year. So that's, Sweet. that's coming. Heck we'll yeah. talk about that later. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> Anything yeah, you want to plug, good. let us know. Absolutely. It's all good. Yeah. Um, but yeah, just uh, you guys, just so we don't forget, you can check out the newsletter, which Colin has been hard at work at every week. Um, you can subscribe to our link tree on our Instagram. You can also check out any of our socials at the Biz Tape Podcast uh, or email us questions, concerns, um, I don't know, threats Anything at under the, sun. the Biz Tape uh, Podcast at gmail.com. Um, but yeah, I guess, Colin, what do you think? Should we just uh Yeah, let's just get right into, into it? it. Obviously, as I always joke with our guests, it's uh, time to figure out who the third voice is. So would you mind giving us kind of a, uh, you know, quick run around? How'd you get up in the industry? How'd you start? I mean, obviously, you yes. didn't, you weren't born with that fam- fabulous bio. So <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, that was a little bit of time and effort involved in that. Um, a little bit. Yeah, I, I think I, um, I started out in the industry after college working for CBS Records, um, doing marketing. It was my first job out of school. So, you know, all the dumb stuff nobody else wants to do. Um, then I moved over to Korg. Um, as you mentioned, I was there for 20 years working on Korg, Marshall, and Vox brands, doing marketing for them. Um, and during that time, I started out doing artist relations, which was pretty fun in my younger years. And there was no internet back then, believe it or not. Right. Had to go to shows like four or five <laughs> minutes a week and see people in person, um, which was a, was a really fun job. And then I later got my MBA in marketing. Um, figured, hey, I'm working marketing now. I should know something about that. Um, and spent a lot of time, you know, just working on those brands. Then later left. Um, as you mentioned, I started my own agency, moved out to California, and uh, did that for about 12 or 13 years working with, oh gosh, I must have worked with like 50 or 60 companies doing marketing, PR, just relations, web development, advertising, everything you can mm-hmm. think of. Went to lots of NAM shows and South by Southwest and everything. Um, did a lot of event production. I was also, um, until the pandemic hit, I was a co-producer of a live stream show from the cutting room in New York City um, where we would interview you know, musicians live and have little stripped down performances and run them on Guitar World or Parade or wherever. Um, and then I took this job with Positive Grid uh, in April of 2020. And now I spend a lot of my focus on on Positive Grid. But I also, you know, during all of that time, started the Women's International Music Network to kind of bring the women in the industry together and have a focal point for conversation and networking and education um, and launched the She Rocks Awards in 2013 was our first year. So this year is our 10th anniversary which is crazy yeah thanks i can't even believe like 10 years (laughs) um and so we're planning on the next she rocks awards in june uh june 2nd of 2022 uh right around when the nam show is happening out in anaheim california so yeah yeah joe you missed that answer your question yeah (laughs) yeah i guess so i (laughs) i'm sorry my uh my research needs a little bit of polish no you're you're good you're good you're good (laughs) 
Yeah, yeah. That's great. Um, but but I think I, I started out like when I first first started, I wanted to go to Berkeley. I lived in Massachusetts okay. and I really wanted to go to school for music. And mm-hmm. my parents were like, No, we're business people, like you are not going to school for music. And the music I, I ended up going to Hofstra and did the okay. music business program, and that was kind of like my compromise with them. Like, okay, <laughs> yeah. I'll go do this music business thing. <laughs> So that, you know, I can get them off my back. Right. And actually, it turned out to be a great um, path for me. And, and I really enjoyed working in the industry. And I love helping other people, you know, find their footing in the industry, too. So were, you, were your parents worked. like, um, that's not a real major. You just made that up to get out of it. Well, no, it was really funny because my brother, I have an older brother. Mm-hmm. And they went to look at Hofstra with him when he was looking at schools because he was an accountant. And they have a great business school, right? Mm -hmm. So when they were there, I don't know how, but they saw that there was a music business major there. So they actually brought it up to me. They're like, what about this music business major we saw at Hofstra? And I was like, what's that? You know? Right. Um, And then I went and visited the school and I was like, this is beautiful. Like, okay, I'll be near New York City and I can work in the music business. And I figured, oh, I'll get famous from the back door, you know? Right. <laughs> no, I, I definitely understand that because I know so many people yeah. that we because we you know Joe was a music business major, I was an audio production major, and I think a lot of people first started out and they were like, okay, so maybe I can't be in this upfront thing, but maybe I can just like weasel my way up and then I'll eventually <laughs> yeah. to the front. You know, that's everybody's plan, right? I mean, yeah. I think in the end, I'm fine with it. Like, I don't. I'm actually super glad I'm not famous because. You look at all these famous people and they have all these problems. Issues. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I, I, I still enjoy making music and it's fun for me. And I really don't care what other people think about my music anymore. I just have, have a good time. Um, and I, I, you know, I've gotten to know so much about gear and recording. And actually, like when I was an undergrad, I did a, a certificate in audio recording, too, so that I could just record yeah. my own stuff. And this is like way back before people had their their own studios and their house and all that so right you are in the hard way yeah. the tape way mm-hmm. <laughs> yes splicing <laughs> tape like it's a real thing i know? remember uh like yeah. when i took classes like that they went you know people kind of like tape well, you know and i took it 2015 2016 and they were like people still kind of like tape now for the sound or whatever and they would i remember this professor of mine who'd been working in the industry for like 30 years like dead-eyed looked at me in the eye and goes Nobody edits on tape. That was the one thing they were glad was gone forever, and we will oh, never go worst. back to it. <laughs> yeah, if yeah. you guys don't know, you literally have to cut tape with scissors and try to line it up and just hope that yeah. things are in the right order. It's terrible. Yeah. Um, and you look back at like some of those amazing albums that were recorded to tape, and you're like, how did they do that? It was mm-hmm. like incredible bouncing tracks, and oh my God, it's incredible. Yeah. What, what was accomplished? Like the layered know? vocals, too, right? When they have to like, basically make copies of like the, the, the channel. Oh yeah. Copying tape is terrible because it uh, degenerates a lot of the time. So yeah, it's bad. Um, but yeah, anyway, again, like I was joking before the show, stop me from being too audio nerdy, but, uh, I, yeah, I was curious, like, obviously you were working, you know, in, in traditional music marketing. And then it seems like you kind of made this you stand to be more of an advocate for women in the industry and try to shine a light on them. And, you know, specifically with the women's international music network and then she rocks, like what was kind of that 
change for you that you had decided yeah. you're like, I'm going to put my you know feet in the water and really advocate as opposed to, you know, just music in general. Yeah. You know, it, it's really interesting because all those years I worked at Korg and in the industry, I, 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 w- I was often the only woman in the room, but I it didn't really like register in my brain. Like, Oh, like, Hey, I'm the only woman in the room. Like I need to do something about it. Um, but later in my career, I was an editor for Guitar World oh, yeah. um, for a while, and I started to write a blog for them. This is early in the blogging days it, uh, called Guitar Girled, and I would just interview female guitar players because they didn't really cover a lot of women in the magazine, but online, like, there was a lot more flexibility. So right. I started interviewing, I probably interviewed like 100 female guitar players and I started to hear like a lot of their same stories like hey people thought I was a merch girl like they thought I didn't know how to plug my gear in blah 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 so I started to think like oh man like this thing is happening and then I started to talk to other like you know industry executives about it Mm -hmm. and I realized man I don't even know the other women in the industry myself like I we're all so isolated you know so um, I decided, hey, wouldn't it be a great idea to have an event at the NAMM show that just brought the women in the industry together so we could just get to know each other and help each other and just feel solidarity, I guess. And so in um, in 2012, I launched the Women's International Music Network as sort of the umbrella entity for the She Rocks Awards because I was like, well, I can't just have this event and not keep going with other stuff like right. it just seems weird to have this isolated event and nothing else um so so yes um the awards kind of came about as just a way to get people you know more involved in the event and more invested in the event rather than just like a networking event and uh, started off as a breakfast at the NAM show because breakfast you know cheapest meal of the day and right less <laughs> event competition um and like the first event i did I had Orianthi playing at like 8.30 in the morning right. <laughs> in like the Marriott Ballroom, you know, um, and, and it was great. Like um, I got enough sponsor money for, to feed people and bring people together and it just sort of blossomed from that. And now it's like a big nighttime event and we've honored like amazing women. And this year we just announced we're honoring, honoring Dionne Warwick. Yeah. Um, this year, uh, Anne Yvette Young and Carmen Vandenberg and a bunch of other ones in the works that we're going to announce soon. So it's really evolved into this super inspiring event. And unfortunately, I don't get to do a lot of networking at the event because I'm like running around. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Just going like a crazy person. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know that one. But that's for that's a you know, I'll be at the NAMM show talking to people and, and recording my podcast. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> people <laughs> yeah it's yeah. it's a very busy industry i mean clearly i mean like you're saying you're doing so many things at once but even then you're really prioritizing this need to connect women specifically in music and also technology as well like two or four out of you know i mean you could have just stayed oh i'm just doing marketing you know what i mean like guitar company but you saw a need you saw a place where people needed to have a voice and that's very admirable at the end of the day like and that's what creates great organizations like your own is seeing a need and going above and beyond and going you know what i can do a little bit more and help out you know my fellow uh, colleagues who are also struggling with the same issues when it comes to being a woman in the entertainment industry and the, uh, specifically being a musician is 
insane the amount of stories I hear, you know, and especially when I was mixing, yeah. <laughs> like when I was mixing and I'd just be, you know, a generally nice person, they would just come up and be like, yeah, you're so much better than the other sound guy. And I'd be like, oh no, I hate this story. Yeah. It's already going to be bad. And they're never, <laughs> it's never like, oh, the sound guy came up and he was like, I have tickets to Aruba. It's always like, no, uh, the sound guy came up and said some terrible, heinous thing to me. And that's, you know, why I admire your organization so much. So, I mean. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, I think it stemmed from two things, like, um, you know, wanting to to help women, wanting to create a bigger voice for them, but also my own impatience, because right. I'm like, oh, I can't I can't wait for this to happen. Like, I got to go figure it out. Like, mm-hmm. And I, I think that's how I am in a lot, in a lot of things. Just that's- like, oh, like that thing over there let's go figure that out now you know um yeah it, absolutely. it's definitely it makes for a windy path but it's not boring so yeah i mean you're thing. figuring out I, I i also saw you were figuring out about this uh i, I don't want to get the name wrong the mini spark amp right correct yeah the spark uh, mini yeah I, I got one okay cool Ooh, oh that is <laughs> nice that's it's nice mini. small yeah it actually like looks that. look it looks big and no no it's like Oh, wow. Yeah, the perspective, (laughs) like a Picasso painting. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Can you imagine bringing that on tour? Just like the amount of cost. This is it. Here's your rig. (laughs) Yeah. No, that's great. So, like, obviously. Can I tell you something? No, go ahead. It it actually sounds really amazing if you mic it and play live through it. Oh, yeah. It could could be your rig. Yeah. Nice. For sure. Your little tour rig. That's the touring future, for sure. I mean, for the audio (laughs) listeners, uh, this amp is so small. I mean, it's probably, like, the size of maybe, like, less than my head yeah like yeah from like what you were holding up and I've, i have heard good reviews about it because that was the first thing yeah. when you know we started this conversation of like coming on the show and all this stuff i was like i've heard of this amp before i've heard like you know specifically the roadies and the backline guys are like i've seen this amp before so like yeah i mean you're trying to balance with this amp a compact but also not compromising tone correct i would imagine yeah yeah you know i, I mean you, you guys know like we had the spark amp come out a couple of years ago um which has done great it's like the best-selling practice amp yeah. on the planet right now um so this year we just came out maybe a couple of weeks ago with the spark mini um it's not out in the world yet it's on shipping soon but um, you can order it. And anyway, so I, I will say that when I got my sample, yeah, you know, you talk to the engineers and they tell you how great it is and you're like, okay, I hope it's really great. Um, when I heard it, I was, I was genuinely blown away. Like yeah. I, you know, I think the audio technology has come a long way. Like there are definitely Bluetooth speakers. Like when you hear them, you're like, how do they do that? How do they make that sound like so like spatially you know, separated and big and clear. And, and I think the cool thing about the Spark Mini is it really does that. Like when you use it as a Bluetooth speaker and you listen to music, you're like, holy crap. Like I can't, I, I played my own music through it. Cause I'm like, I know what that sounds right, like. Right. Exactly. So I've let me hear it through times. this. And the, the, the separation, the low, lows to highs is so nice. It's so clear. It's so big. And then when you play through it, it's like it's a little bit mind-blowing so i think like the whole goal with the spark mini is yes it's little it's portable it's battery powered like you can take it you know play in your backyard or whatever but the quality of the build and the sound is unprecedented you know like there's little lamps but they're just 
you know, well, they're kind like, of crappy. They're like, okay. I, I like the balance you got going. Cause like before, you know, you're, you're dealing with either like a little fender combo, like as a regular traditional amp, or you're going super micro and you get like the mini tiny, you know, three inch yeah. thing. That's like, you know, more of a gimmick than anything. And like, that's, what's interesting about that to me is like, you've seemed to balance the best of both worlds, if I will, when it comes to size, but also sound. I mean, yeah. I, I gotta yeah. get. I, I'd, I'd be interested in getting one of those myself. Yeah, just. And I, I think like if you don't know, like you know, the Spark amp is a smart amp too. So there's an app that goes with it that mm. can do so much. It's crazy. It's got backing tracks. It'll make a like you can start playing it. It'll build a backing track around your playing. Oh wow! Um, it you can like find a song on YouTube and it'll sh- it'll analyze it and tell you what the chords are, so you can just learn it right there. It's got like all this gear. You can work on your signal chains and tweak your amps and right. effects. And it's it's so like it's it's as deep as you want it to be. You wow. know, like you can just have fun. Like you can just plug in and play and have a good time, or you can like go deep and like. Or you could plug in and shred. Yeah. Right. Am I right? Yeah, <laughs> and it sounds like it, it, yeah, you can shred. <laughs> We're gonna have to get one ourselves. Me and Joe. Me and Joe are guitar players as well. So I feel like everybody needs Yeah. Yeah. No, I 100%, uh, especially if I'm moving, I might be moving to a small apartment soon. I might need to replace my my amp. So, 100%. Yeah, I don't know where you're going to put that. You know, it's like, it's got a built in audio interface. You can record with it. Did Um, not know that. It's got like, it's got a light out and a headphone out. You can use either way. So, if you want to plug it into a bigger cabinet or your PA or whatever. Um, it's just, it's a versatile little beast. Yeah, little beast for sure. I wish I started and, out with that instead of my line six spider, but I feel like that was like, that's the, the, the hump you have to get over when you're starting out as you a You can't know right? good until you've known bad. You <laughs> that's know. it. And so you have to put it on hardcore mode. Yeah. So like it's a, insanity it's, actually. Oh yeah. Sorry. Yeah, insanity. It's insanity. <laughs> uh, no, I mean. But yeah, that's that's great. I'm very interested in this thing. But like, I guess we got the show must go on. I think personally. Yeah. Uh, but I I am interested in that. I might have to uh, if there's like a back channel to get like the proto. Yeah. Uh. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, anyway, so we'll talk later. Yeah, that'd be great. Um, anyway, we're like we're like hermits, like going at some I gotta some go to forest a back alley, somewhere. some guys in like a trench coat. Who do you know? Who do you know? Right. Exactly. Yeah. All right, so folks, first story of the day. I'm I, I dude. I try to stay away from Kanye West. I yeah, do, but he does something every time. But like the thing with Kanye West is that I always say, I only cover Kanye West when it's like an industry event. Like this is actually causing precedent, and this is causing an issue. And Kanye West is the one who likes to push issues. Yep. For worse or for better. Mm. And so, like, my main thing that's going on with Kanye West right now is that the Grammys have basically said, you're not performing to Kanye West. And this was confirmed by some of his reps. And one thing important to the story, the Grammys never confirmed that he was performing. But it was leaked later by Kanye West's people saying that the Grammys said no to me. And they said, no, you cannot be on here due to your concerning online behavior. We've talked about this a little bit on the show. 
Uh, that's the whole Pete Davidson, Kim Kardashian, where, for lack of a better term, he's harassing his ex-wife. That's what he's doing. I am sorry if you don't think that. He is. And so they were basically putting their foot down. So to give you like some more details also... Uh, the Grammys still haven't confirmed anything about it. Like CBS or the Recording Academy have said nothing. <laughs> They've just, which to be honest, neither confirmed nor denied. Yeah, is which, that what you're saying? <laughs> yeah, exactly. They've said nothing on purpose. People have asked them, like they've gone, "Hey, what's going on?" And they just, you know, quiet lips, nothing. So which the, it's might the Homer Simpson move. meme where he just disappears into the bush. Right, exactly. And <laughs> it's just like they do not want to be a part of this. But the reason I bring this up is because specifically Kanye is being stopped for his online behavior, which is harassing his ex-wife. Which is interesting from the Grammys angle, and if you've listened to our Grammys deep dive, you would know, but just a quick TLDR, the Grammys have a terrible time when it comes to women, especially from the industry and music itself, in terms of promoting them, having a space for these women, everything. So it's interesting to see them now be like, oh, we're turning a new leaf as a company. We are changing the Grammys you saw before. They're gone now, everything. But now they want to kind of play this line and say, hey, we, we're making a stand here and we're proving that we're changing our morals when it comes to who can play at our shows and who we promote. Because even if you think the Grammys are you know, out of touch, not a thing anymore. They are the world stage for saying, Hey, the industry respects you. You are respected by the industry to play here. We think you are the best or something, which is, you know, debatable when it comes down to it, but that's what their role is supposed to be is showing the best of the best. So anyway, before I keep going on with this, uh, funny enough, another thing that people brought up was that maybe he got canceled because of his unpredictability. I mean, you give Kanye West a microphone in front of a TV you don't, you don't know what's going to happen. You know what I mean? Like, you have no idea. And funny enough, another thing is that people were theorizing that he got taken off because of his beef with Trevor Noah, who is hosting the Grammys uh, this year and last year. And he specifically had made a statement saying on his show that he'll be basically condoning and or not condoning, but going against uh, Kanye's narrative that he wasn't doing anything wrong and saying that the situation is terrible and what he's doing to his ex is terrible. But even now, after he got canceled off the show, Noah said, quote, I said, counsel Kanye, not cancel Kanye, which I think is interesting <laughs> from the person that's the host of your show. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's kind of this interesting marketing move but also morality move obviously to ban Kanye West and we've talked about it before like Harvey Mason Jr. became the CEO of the Recording Academy after Deborah Dugan had to step down after she was cast out due to reasons that a lot of people theorize are more about her trying to shake up the boys club of the Grammys and so it's interesting to see them be like well we're moving past that Let's see what's going on. And people have even said for the Grammys defense that they went, well, we included Donda in the 2022 Grammy Awards because before there was only eight cat there was only eight nominees and Harvey Mason Jr. said, I want to make it 10 to be more inclusive. And one of the nine and 10 spots was Donda by Kanye West. But even then it's like, okay, yeah, sure. I'm sure the Grammys had enough foresight to see that from now. And, you know, have a defense put together six months ago. No. 
So at the end of the day, a lot of people are furious about it. And even uh, Kanye West collaborator The Game has said specifically, quote, time and time again, they show us that they only want to steal the culture and not allow you to ever be their equal, especially since, you know, Kanye West being an African-American and also African-Americans have an extremely tough time at the Grammys when it comes to winning and logistics of that. It is kind of a hodgepodge of win versus loss here. You know, the Grammys has marked their line in the sand. And they're taking a risk and saying, we don't want to, you know, have this person for their concerning online behavior. But I'd be interested to hear. Did the Grammy say that, though? Because they didn't say anything. They didn't say anything. But, you know, actions speak louder than words in a lot of ways. And they did. And they allegedly, Kanye said, concerning online behavior, which is important to the story. I'm glad you brought that up, is that Kanye is the one saying all of this. I mean, Kanye saying all of it, you don't know anything from anybody. You don't know. <laughs> he could say anything, and it, that could now is, be true. Like, it, you don't know. I think the weirdest part to me in this story is the Trevor, Trevor Noah situation, where he is commenting as, you know, I am the face of the Grammys this year, and saying, don't cancel him. But at the same time, how much due diligence has he done to, you know, ask the Grammys, hey... Did you actually yeah, do mm-hmm. this or did he just like fire a tweet off? Because that could be a thing. So yeah, I'm, I'm glad yeah. you brought that up because, you know, Kanye, we've even talked about on the show, has made, has felt like he has tried to create chaos on purpose to, you know, promote things at the same time. Maybe like what we were joking about around release cycles that Donda 2 is close to coming out fully, apparently, and being yeah. finished. So it, it is kind of like weird because you kind of have to go down this conspiratorial route of being like, Oh, what's real? What's not real? Whatever. <laughs> the point is, is that this. Happened. I think that I just think Kanye lives in his own reality, so he, he we don't know what that does. is. <laughs> I mean, I know yeah. you don't know us too well, but we've been very, very detracting on Kanye in a lot of ways. But I think it's interesting for the Grammys to kind of formally take this side. I also want to point out, Joe. I saw what you were googling before, <laughs> and I think I, I'd like you to talk about it because yeah, I think it'd well, be interesting. you know, it's interesting when Kanye is getting taken down, and then Chris Brown is still welcomed right. to the Grammys. Where's the in line? open arms? Yeah, and it's like you know, it's like obviously Kanye and Chris Brown are not the only two people that are like questionable, like when it comes to how they've like been acting towards just people in general outside of the entertainment industry. But it is like, it, I don't know. It for me, it seems like the Grammys, it's, it's more of like, this is what's in the news right now. We have to take a stand because we're getting these questions asked rather than, Oh yeah, we should be the better company and actually take a stand for ourselves. Because if that was the case, there'd be a lot more artists that would not receive invitations to the red carpet that year. I can tell you that for sure. Yeah, it's so. interesting. Laura, I'm very interested to hear what you think about it being from like a marketing kind of Yeah, angle. let me just say one thing. Go ahead. If you can't say anything, as that's an, fine. As an award show producer, producing an award show is freaking hard. Mm-hmm. I bet. And like there's so many moving parts. I've... I don't know. Have you guys ever done the backstage tour at the Grammys where they show you how they like physically produce mm. the show? It's like in- it's so cool. It's it's insane what they do. So, I mean, who knows like what the real story is? I I know people that work for the Grammys. I think I don't think everything's hunky dory there. Like I think that there are things going on that aren't great, but 
I also think that there are people there trying to do better. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so, you know, if I were the Grammys, I'd probably come out with some kind of statement that like told my side of the story. Right. Um, you know, leaving people to speculate is not a great tactic, uh, in this kind of scenario, but, Hey, it's their show. Like if they don't want somebody there. It is, yeah, it is their show. <laughs> yeah. A hundred percent. I mean, yeah. you're right. Like we are speculating here of like, kind yeah. of like the I behind just, the scenes of it. I think it's interesting to see them kind of, you know, one, not say anything, which I think is very yeah. interesting because if you feel like, and a lot of their branding for the last year has been very, you know, we've changed the ranks, we've changed the voting, we've changed everything. Yeah. And I'm like you, I'm I'm optimistic with the Grammys. I go, okay, then let's let's see it. I'm very optimistic. I love the Grammys. Right. Like <laughs> I love it too. And I've talked about on the show a lot, like it just provides you with moments that aren't available in other yeah. places. Like you can't have a live performance like so rehearsed and go, you are stuck in these limitations, deal with it. And I think that is I don't like, know. I just feel like with Kanye, like for all we know, he they could have asked him to play and he said no and then he made up this narrative. Like Fair we, we don't know. Yeah. We don't we have no idea what happened. Well in, I think like, you I think you're completely right about that. That is in the world of possibility, but right now it seems that Kanye is controlling this narrative. Yeah. Know, until they I mean they really happen. need to release like a statement and I will say this, like also as a marketer at a company, sometimes it takes a minute to mm-hmm. get your thoughts together and how to respond. Like it's because it, it, because it could have repercussions that aren't unexpected, right? Like no matter what the Grammy says. Yeah. I'm going and I'm not defending up. them. Like, I don't think they're perfect, no. you know? Um, but just as a, you know, a business person, like you have to be really careful. Like they could say, Oh, like this is why. And then like somebody else gets offended by that answer. Like you don't, hard <laughs> and you represent you know a company I, i'm sure you can maybe speak to this more it's like you want to be very thorough and give a thought out answer yeah. because that's what people are looking for but also you're representing all these people that could be caught in the crossfire if the grammys have yeah, issues and exactly stuff like, like yeah I, it's, I, it's yeah. very tricky it I is a fight against tricky. the clock a little bit too though right of like finding that narrative because if they wait too long then they are yeah. risking that yeah, it's somebody just, else is telling the story, and, and but but I, I will say it's like really it's very tricky. Yeah, um, and I, yeah, man, I think it is Who too. Knows? Like you, you just I don't know what to tell them to do. Like, yeah, I yeah, I don't think anyone. Does. I don't think anyone's been in that position. <laughs> That's why I think it's so yeah. weird. I want to talk about it. It's like it's just like you know you set this raft out in the middle of the ocean. Kanye West was like, "Good luck with this. We'll yeah. see how you yeah. do." Here you go. Uh, right. And, <laughs> But I, but I, before I guess we move on to the next story, I did ask in a poll because I think a lot of people, because Kanye is controlling the narrative right now, seem to believe that he was deplatformed, like literally off one of the world stages of music, basically. And I asked this on purpose. I made this question difficult if some, if for the people who voted on it. I said, should people be deplatformed when under controversy? And in general... 73% of you said no, and 27% of you said yes. Now, what I think's interesting about that is why I brought this question up is you have to think now, okay, if you're generally against this idea, if I change one or two variables in a story about someone and, you know, say like, 
oh, he did this or they did this or something. Does your opinion on the issue change? And that's like what I kind of wanted to say with that is I think it's interesting to watch people, you know, generally respond negative to the Grammys because they are fans of Kanye West. But also I've seen it the opposite where they're just like, well, I'm against it entirely. And so I don't believe the Grammys should do that. People I've literally worked with are always like, God, I hate that guy. So the worst we're like, but I don't think that should happen to him. And I think that's a really important takeaway that I've noticed is that even if you think, oh, we'll just get the fans mad at us, you know, or something or something like that. It's like the whole idea of it is so hard. Like you're saying about like, there's so many unintended consequences when big media like this comes out. Is like, is every other artist that, it's nominated in that category performing. I guess we don't know yet, right? So they Please. did nominate, they did show some performers. Uh, I believe Olivia Rodrigo, Billie Eilish are performing. Uh, I didn't look at the full list again because I kind of like the surprise when I Because if everybody it. except for him is, then that Then that's really suspect. Thing. So like, <laughs> that's the kind of thing with it. But at the end of the day, this is a really funny line to watch them walk. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Tricky. And if they're not going to participate in the line, then you're you're really going to be mm-hmm. messed up. But yeah, I would. I feel like if I was dealing with Kanye, I would know, or Kanye's team, I would know there's going to be a blowback after the. Okay, we're not going to allow you to. If oh happened. yeah. And I yeah, feel sure. like you might be right where he is just making this up, and they 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 were not prepared. Because it didn't happen. <laughs> it could be the case. But I, I also do think it's like, it's just kind of odd that nothing is being said yet. Yeah. But like, like you said, they might be uh, just compiling thoughts. This is it. Your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of. A degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited-time 2% cashback on purchases. And pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. Welcome to 500 Greatest Songs, a podcast based on Rolling Stone's hugely popular, influential, and sometimes controversial list. I'm Brittany Spanos. And I'm Rob Sheffield. We're here to shed light on the greatest songs ever made and discover what makes them so great. Every week, we'll pick a new song from the list and talk about their placement on the revamped 2021 list. We'll also have guests join us, ranging from the artists themselves to the producers 
or simply other writers like ourselves who voted on them. From classics like Fleetwood Mac's Dreams to The Ronettes' Be My Baby, and modern day classics like The Killer's Mr. Brightside and Britney Spears' Baby One More Time. There's so many fascinating stories that have been forgotten, like Midnight Train to Georgia, starting with a phone call to Farrah Fawcett, or how the Yeah, Yeah, Yeahs inspired Kelly Clarkson's banger Since You've Been Gone and Beyonce's Hold Up. Listen to Rolling Stone's 500 Greatest Songs on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Every week on Talk Easy with Sam Fragoso, I invite an artist, writer, or politician to come to the table and speak from the heart in ways I imagine you haven't heard from them before. Some of my favorites are with Tom Hanks, Margaret Atwood, Questlove, Kate Blanchett, and Oscar Isaac. If that sounds like a varied group of people, it's because it is. I always wanted to make a show where one week we could sit with a politician like Beto or Rourke, the next an author like Min Jin Lee, or TV titans like Bill Hader and Quinta Brunson. Basically, this is a podcast driven by curiosity and an abundance of research. Conversations where people actually start to sound like people. In recent weeks, I sat with Dan Levy, Ava DuVernay, Benny Safdie, and the editor of The New Yorker, David Remnick. You can listen to Talk Easy with Sam Fragoso on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I hope to see you there. This is it. Your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global. Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cb for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. Welcome to 500 Greatest Songs, a podcast based on Rolling Stone's hugely popular, influential, and sometimes controversial list. I'm Brittany Spanos. And I'm Rob Sheffield. We're here to shed light on the greatest songs ever made and discover what makes them so great. Every week, we'll pick a new song from the list and talk about their placement on the revamped 2021 list. We'll also have guests join us, ranging from the artists themselves to the producers, or simply other writers like ourselves who voted on them. From classics like Fleetwood Mac's Dreams to The Ronettes' Be My Baby, and modern-day classics like The Killer's Mr. Brightside and Britney Spears' Baby One More Time. There's so many fascinating stories that have been forgotten, like Midnight Train to Georgia starting with a phone call to Farrah Fawcett, or how the Yeah, Yeah, Yeahs inspired Kelly Clarkson's banger Since You've Been Gone and Beyonce's Hold Up. 
Listen to Rolling Stone's 500 Greatest Songs on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Every week on Talk Easy with Sam Fragoso, I invite an artist, writer, or politician to come to the table and speak from the heart in ways I imagine you haven't heard from them before. Some of my favorites are with Tom Hanks, Margaret Atwood, Questlove, Kate Blanchett, and Oscar Isaac. If that sounds like a varied group of people, it's because it is. I always wanted to make a show where one week we could sit with a politician like Beto or Rourke, the next an author like Min Jin Lee, or TV titans like Bill Hader and Quinta Brunson. Basically, this is a podcast driven by curiosity and an abundance of research. Conversations where people actually start to sound like people. In recent weeks, I sat with Dan Levy, Ava DuVernay, Benny Safty, and the editor of The New Yorker, David Remnick. You can listen to Talk Easy with Sam Fragoso on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I hope to see you there. Speaking of kind of, I guess, forming the narrative, there is another, um, I guess, a celebrity slash artist uh, suing thing that we love to cover here. Oh, yeah, uh, those are fun. We really like yeah. to cover these lawsuits sometimes because it's just very strange to watch. Now, you know, I don't really think of lawsuits that much. And then, you know, somebody that's more of a lawyer friend will go, oh, yeah, this changes the entire industry completely. Yeah, And, <laughs> and they're, very, they're very, like, nonchalant about it. They'll just, like, drop that and then walk out. Be, <laughs> like, like, we talked about Dua Lipa's lawsuit two weeks ago when she's getting sued for the copyright thing that I think will be really big. But so, Joe, what do you, what do you have? What's a big thing that's going on right now? Well, so this has been, like, all over TikTok and social media. But um, Megan Thee Stallion is in the throes of a major legal battle with her label as she has criticized the way her current label 1504 Entertainment has handled her deliverables aka her songs and records so Stallion claims that the Houston based record label um, and she agreed that a record is defined as a work that is not less than 45 minutes in length while something for the hotties her newest released work has a runtime of 45 minutes and two seconds wait 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 stop that so you think that the they agreed she agreed that a record is 45 minutes this is what she her her side is claiming okay. is that they the both parties agreed when they negotiated that nothing less than 45 seconds is considered so if you got six albums yeah and I go I have 45 minutes then there's a question up in the air of, is this an album? You could is literally, an album? D- hypothetically, you could have one song that's 45 minutes and be like, this is an album. <laughs> is kind of the, the argument. I want to listen to that. Making. Let's yeah. hear that one. Um, but in the initial lawsuit, the filing alleged that 1501, quote, sent a letter out of the blue on January 5th, 2022, asserting that the album, quote, did not constitute as an album under the party's agreement. It adds... Given that 1501 waited more than two months after Megan's release of the album, it is clear that its position is frivolous and has no basis in law or fact. So that's Megan's team uh, stating on her behalf of that. Now, the claim is that the label is trying to tie her down so that she's forced to release more material under her contract. And in a video posted to Instagram in early 2020, Stallion stated that her affiliation with Rock Nation helped her understand how one-sided the deal was with the label, claiming that 1501 awarded itself 60% of her recording income, 
30% of touring income, 30% of the money she made off of merchandise. She then renegotiated her deal with 1501 that year after suing and winning against them in 2020, setting a restraining order in effect against 1501, barring them from preventing the release of her music. So she literally had a restraining order against her label, which I don't know if that's, that's a, a really great relationship footing, yeah. between the relationship. No, yeah, not really a healthy, <laughs> healthy relationship for sure. But after all Wait, of I this, have a question, yeah, go yeah, absolutely. If they're agreeing that an album is 45 minutes, it, that's got to be in writing somewhere. Because exactly. Yeah. Contracts like they say everything. Yeah. So that's so. the thing. There's de- someone is definitely lying and it can be proved that they're lying in court. But the public, we can't see because we're not, we don't have the agreement so in front of us right now. Yeah. Did, was the contract ever like, did, does this reporting have anything about the contract or like what's going on with that? Yeah. Or? So like mostly like nothing about the contract specifically because it's all just he said, uh, she, she said, said yeah. you know, and it's like there, it's just both of their statements basically because now they are, the, um, 1501 has actually countersued Sweet. now, uh, right. basically claiming that. that, uh, you know, she's not in the right and that, um, they actually agreed to 12, uh, tracks that constitutes as a record. So not a time limit, but a track limit. And they actually, uh, said that in this new release, there's only about, uh, 20, I think it was like 20, yeah, 29 minutes of new recordings present. Okay. so And the, the rest was like old recordings from like when she was on the come up. That See, she, this they is repurposed. where it's important. I'm glad that Laura brought this up. Like that contract will show like what constitutes a new record. Very, very defined. Mm-hmm. But we don't have that yet. Although it might not say about new material, past recorded material. Mm-hmm. Like... I don't I, I don't know. Well, I like, should say it should say that. <laughs> it should say it. But it sounds like she wants out of that contract. Oh, and she's, she's just like she's literally fulfilling the baseline of what she has to do and mm-hmm. is trying to wait out I don't know how many more releases she has with them, but I, I feel like as you know. If I was a label head and I was having this much issue with an artist, I don't even care about the money at that point. I would just be like, okay, fine. I don't know. They're probably making a ton of money. Yeah, that's true. (laughs) She's definitely their biggest artist. No, that's what I was going to say because this label, I don't know how big this label is and I haven't really heard of them before. So I was like, is Megan the Stallion? Who else do they have? That's what I'm trying to find out right now (laughs) because that would be a really big thing. It kind of reminds me of when we've talked about – BTS because BTS for that label was 90% of their revenue was just that one band. They're probably 90% of the whole industry. That is true. Yeah. They're so so this is who they currently have listed on their website. See if on their you roster. know any of these people by uh, name. Okay. So uh, D-Raw. Nope. Uh, Eric Banks. <laughs> no. Uh, Martina Mary. No. Uh, Megan Thee Stallion. We know we know that. I like how subtle that is. Uh, It should be at the top there. I feel like, but um, Stunna Bam, no, uh, or Young Smoothie. I think I've actually heard of Young Smoothie, but like the name, I have not heard any music or anything. It's a good name though. That is a good name. I do. Oh, he's got a he's got drip though. This jacket's wild. So yeah, I you can definitely (laughs) see now why the label has extreme vested interest in. Megan keeping her staying around. on there mm-hmm. because she's making, ba- I mean, she 
She came up right after Cardi B and, you know, was basically like, this is the new star of like the rap community. And at that time I was like, this girl is going to the top and will not stop going to the top. And she keeps being on all these features and stuff. She has so much to do. And so for the label, that's an extreme amount of money, especially those percentages. Doesn't it seem weird though? Like she delivered an album to them. The album is doing well, right? It's not like it's not doing well. So whatever's on it. Yeah. Who cares? Selling. Yeah. Who cares? Do you think so for like, them to make a thing about it, there's got to be something else going on because that seems weird. 100%. You know? I, I think there's more behind the scenes. I've of also it as well. seen labels and, you know, people who are signed. You know, if you have a good relationship with them, sometimes they'll be like, hey, record's doing great. We're just not going to bring this up to them. I guess we could, you know, because we want to form well, a great relationship with it. Because this we is, think Megan will be a huge But artist. this is also a record label that got her to sign a 360 deal Very in the notable. beginning of her career, which you, as an artist, if you're listening and you're an artist, do not sign do a that. 360 <laughs> deal. Yes, it is the notorious bad deal, um, and it basically has the label taking revenue out of things they should not be taking revenue from. So, we so were talking anything about live merch, entertainment, touring. merch, yeah, they don't but need to be But she renegotiated that, right? Like, she's not... Yeah, she negotiated. Presumably, she has a better deal, right? Yes, but that was only after she sued and won (laughs) against them, which I think in more healthy label relationships, I feel like you you would just get to the renegotiating part. You don't want to do that. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. You don't have to sue your label. Yeah, yeah, I I mean, I can imagine those emails between the the teams (laughs) are interesting, to say the least. Um, Yeah, I, I think... At the end of the day, we kind of like the Grammy situation. We don't know for sure. This is he said, she said situation. But at the same time, there is something going on here. And somebody's doing something weird. Like when it comes to either. Something's trying, fishy. That's here. like the best term I can come don't up with. Don't know what it is. Like they are trying. <laughs> I always like I always feel sad when the label ends up bringing the artist down instead of helping. Mm hmm them rise up like you've heard so many stories of that where people have been you know prevented from releasing their own music for years and years and it's such a terrible scenario yeah apparently uh stallion's gone on the record for multiple years stating that they've shelved tons of her songs that she felt were great you know so i mean how Mm -hmm. it is very debilitating especially as an artist you're working so hard at, at these songs and it's a label is just going to take it and just, and that's like where, the, you know, the productivity and the product become different from the artistry. Mm-hmm. And that's like, you know, a thing that's really difficult mm. to balance and kind of just shows at the end of the day, almost like your morality in a lot of ways. Like we have to make this money. Obviously we have people to feed. We have families that are relying on this money from this record label. But at the same time, it's like, are you really going to step on someone's personal artistry, their actual message, just for, you know, maybe keeping them for a year more? You yeah. Know what I mean, or somebody, you know, that's kind of the thing where, where is that line? Where are we crossing these barriers? I'm very interested to see where this ends up because from what it seems like to me, like you were saying, Laura, it's like, 
Megan the Stallion wants out of this, like 100%. And she's fighting. She is she's so gone as soon as that contract <laughs> is over. Right. There's no. Re- yeah, that relationship's ruined. Restraining orders. <laughs> yeah. You're not coming back. No. You know? So, I mean, at the same time, though, I could kind of see it from her perspective of being like this small label where I'm the biggest fish here has done great for me, but it's time for me to leave. Let me fulfill what I need to fulfill and leave. Mm-hmm. But I can also see somebody at the label going, this is the reason that I have what I have. And maybe I was the person with Megan going, hey, don't put this out, put this out, do all this. And having like a personal you know, interest in it and being like, well, I helped you form your relationship. You should be grateful to me. And that's where the emotions all get part of it and all this kind of stuff too. So it's, it's going to be dicey at the end of the day. Yeah, I'm hoping for a documentary. At some point, right? We've got about some weird, like, insider documentaries I never thought we would get. So maybe, yeah. you know. Like, <laughs> Netflix is buying them, you know? Every artist is like, <laughs> I want a documentary. Yeah, Megan's going to come up and be like, the day I got signed to, the, like, a Kanye West, the day I got signed to this label, I started just filming myself with a camera, you know, like, <laughs> in the background. Yeah. Oh, God. This is it. Your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do, too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited-time 2% cashback on purchases and pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. Welcome to 500 Greatest Songs, a podcast based on Rolling Stone's hugely popular, influential, and sometimes controversial list. I'm Brittany Spanos. And I'm Rob Sheffield. We're here to shed light on the greatest songs ever made and discover what makes them so great. Every week, we'll pick a new song from the list and talk about their placement on the revamped 2021 list. We'll also have guests join us, ranging from the artists themselves to the producers or simply other writers like ourselves who voted on them. From classics like Fleetwood Mac's Dreams to The Ronettes' Be My Baby, and modern-day classics like The Killer's Mr. Brightside and Britney Spears' Baby One More Time. There's so many fascinating stories that have been forgotten, like Midnight Train to Georgia starting with a phone call to Farrah Fawcett, or how the Yeah, Yeah, Yeahs inspired Kelly Clarkson's banger Since You've Been Gone and Beyonce's Hold Up. Listen to Rolling Stone's 500 Greatest Songs on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Every week on Talk Easy with Sam Fragoso, I invite an artist, writer, or politician to come to the table and speak from the heart. 
in ways I imagine you haven't heard from them before. Some of my favorites are with Tom Hanks, Margaret Atwood, Questlove, Kate Blanchett, and Oscar Isaac. If that sounds like a varied group of people, it's because it is. I always wanted to make a show where one week we could sit with a politician like Beto or Rourke, the next an author like Min Jin Lee, or TV titans like Bill Hader and Quinta Brunson. Basically, this is a podcast driven by curiosity and an abundance of research. Conversations where people actually start to sound like people. In recent weeks, I sat with Dan Levy, Ava DuVernay, Benny Safdie, and the editor of The New Yorker, David Remnick. You can listen to Talk Easy with Sam Fragoso on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I hope to see you there. This is it. Your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited-time 2% cashback on purchases. And pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. Welcome to 500 Greatest Songs, a podcast based on Rolling Stone's hugely popular, influential, and sometimes controversial list. I'm Brittany Spanos. And I'm Rob Sheffield. We're here to shed light on the greatest songs ever made and discover what makes them so great. Every week, we'll pick a new song from the list and talk about their placement on the revamped 2021 list. We'll also have guests join us, ranging from the artists themselves to the producers or simply other writers like ourselves who voted on them. From classics like Fleetwood Mac's Dreams to The Ronettes' Be My Baby, and modern-day classics like The Killer's Mr. Brightside and Britney Spears' Baby One More Time. There's so many fascinating stories that have been forgotten, like Midnight Train to Georgia, starting with a phone call to Farrah Fawcett, or how the Yeah, Yeah, Yeahs inspired Kelly Clarkson's banger Since You've Been Gone and Beyonce's Hold Up. Listen to Rolling Stone's 500 Greatest Songs on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Every week on Talk Easy with Sam Fragoso, I invite an artist, writer, or politician to come to the table and speak from the heart in ways I imagine you haven't heard from them before. Some of my favorites are with Tom Hanks, Margaret Atwood, Questlove, Kate Blanchett, and Oscar Isaac. If that sounds like a varied group of people, it's because it is. I always wanted to make a show where one week we could sit with a politician like Beto or Work, the next an author like Min Jin Lee, or TV titans like Bill Hader and Quinta Brunson. 
basically, this is a podcast driven by curiosity and an abundance of research. Conversations where people actually start to sound like people. In recent weeks, I sat with Dan Levy, Ava DuVernay, Benny Safdie, and the editor of The New Yorker, David Remnick. You can listen to Talk Easy with Sam Fragoso on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I hope to see you there. I think we should just go to music. Music? Um, yeah. All right. Um, so, yeah. Uh, thankfully, I my, my <laughs> our audience always gets mad at me because I always never preface to people. And they go, ooh, I, I wasn't prepared for this question. But thankfully... <laughs> Laura like was literally like I told her before the show and she goes I came yeah ready. she's ready for and I it. was like man this is the first time this has ever happened <laughs> everybody's usually like scrolling through their phones trying to make micro decisions about what makes them look cool what doesn't make <laughs> them look cool you know all this kind of stuff so I appreciate the thought of it but uh, do you want to go first or we can get, have Joe go first or yeah sure I can go first I will say I just looked at my little list I wrote down here and they're all women I don't know how that happened. <laughs> <laughs> but I did just interview Michelle Zahner from Japanese Breakfast for my podcast. Yes. And wow. so I listened to their whole new album and it was, it's very it's, cool. Yeah, it's amazing. So I love her story. I love everything about her. She was like the most humble, cool person. And uh, so Japanese Breakfast, top of my list. Um, I also just got to listen to Ann Wilson's new album because I'm going to interview her for my podcast coming up. So that was cool because it's kind of heart like, and she's still, those pipes are still blowing, man. She sounds amazing. Heck yeah. Um, and then my third thing on the list is uh, uh, a mature singer songwriter named Susan Catania, who is a friend of mine, lives in the Boston area, is an award winning songwriter. She just released this beautiful um, coming out of COVID home album that she wrote. Um, all is quiet and it's a beautiful like if you're just chilling one day and you want to listen to something really gorgeous how do you spell uh, Catania for our spelling Catania it's C-A-T-T-A-N-E-O okay I was not even close so I'm glad I really asked you about that (laughs) I have very bad spelling so I was like I was putting stuff in there and I was like even even like Siri and could not figure out what I was trying to write. So I appreciate it. Yeah. I'm going to check that out. There you go. Sweet. Yeah. (laughs) It's amazing. um, Yeah. Joe, you can go. Yeah. uh, Wait, Laura, where can we listen to your music? Oh, gee. I'm putting you on the spot again. (laughs) There's like a horrible website. That's my name. I probably haven't updated for like the last three years or something. I think there's some music up there. I have like a YouTube you know, Laura B. Whitmore. You got to put the B because if you don't put the B, it's like the Laura Whitmore that's like the TV the, show. The Love host. Islands lady. Yeah. The Love Island. <laughs> yeah. Which I was like, I, I feel like, I, I was like, wait. I went, <laughs> yeah. Is that her? Is that her? Uh, yeah. I went to this meeting one time and like the guy didn't know me and he expected her to show Oh my up. God. Like, oh, so sorry to disappoint you. It's me. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. That's I, I feel your pain because my name, Colin McKay, is also a B League skateboarder. And oh, so nice. <laughs> for a while, like, and thankfully, skateboarding, uh, I guess if you're a skateboarder, sorry, but like, thankfully, skateboarding has gone down a little bit in prop- popularity. So I don't have to deal with that. But there are people that are like a little bit older than me that'll go, 
like the skateboarder and i'm like god damn it yeah <laughs> like, <laughs> just like that yeah just yeah. like that i'm doing be a like yeah he's my brother same name <laughs> yeah my parents got lazy yeah um, there's not a lot of joseph wazaleski's around now yeah, i'll be you honest a pretty unique name so <laughs> we're we don't have to deal with that we're few and far between but i'm like i'm kind of okay with people mixing me up with a beautiful irish tv host it's okay <laughs> yeah, yeah it could be worse <laughs> I, I, I wish I had that, honestly. People are. <laughs> um, but yeah, well, I've been listening. Uh, I'm, I'm such, I love this artist so much. I've been listening to all of his uh, work just over and over on repeat. James Ivey, he, he hasn't blown up yet. He's going to. Everyone should listen to him. He's Joe, amazing. James Ivey. Yeah, I will he's say, amazing. Joe it's like 90s a... kind of, but like with, with really modern mm. production. But he has that like edgy songwriter kind of angsty. Joe, tell your, tell your day glow story because I still think that's oh, the funniest. Oh my gosh. Joe has a weird propensity to like guess people that are going to go big. And yeah. like I don't even believe it. I, I like, do have a, a little bit of an A&R uh, bug in me. And I... I I am still mad about this. So we back in college, we had an I had an A and R class. I'm gonna send this and to we the were, professor, by the way. <laughs> yeah, I am too. Yeah. I'm still mad about it. <laughs> um, uh, and so you had to pick an artist that was not signed, wasn't with a label. They, you know, probably didn't have any representation, uh, and who you would put money you you would put label money behind um, to sign. Basically, you're expecting them to blow up in the future, right? It could be a year. It could be two years, five years, whatever. Um, so, you know, my whole class did pretty well. Like there was a, a, uh, my friend did Omar Apollo, who was okay, great. What year is this also? Just this so was like... like 2018. Okay, cool. 2018, 2019. Um, and so my friend did Omar Apollo, which was great cause he was doing numbers, you know, he, he didn't have anything pretty much except management. Uh, someone else did cautious clay and cautious clay at that time just had, uh, a song with Billie Eilish. He also covered Billie Eilish. Um, and that's how he got famous. And so the timing of that, because Billie was on her rise, they were like, Oh, cautious clay is probably going to bring have, them up together. Yeah. A thing too. And I found an artist that had, when I discovered, um, the account basically only had 23,000 plays and that was their top song. Um, and that was Diglow and uh, the guy who uh, started the oh, band. Oh, I got the number if you're looking for what the number is now. Oh, yeah, I yeah, I remember yeah. you were like, so, he, you were coming out of this classroom and you were like, this is my guess. I think it's going to be that. Like, you were trying to, like, convince me. And I was like, I, I don't know, Joe. And, like, all this kind of stuff. And so now, Diglow from the 23,000 has 7 million listeners a month. Yeah. <laughs> and what's yeah. the what's the top streamed uh, song? Do you have that on there? Um, let's see. I think it's three hundred and twenty-two million. Yeah, which for for, wow. for a rock for an indie pop rock act who has two is albums insane. Yeah, is absolutely bonkers. It, so, needless to say, I did not win. <laughs> I got fifth place. Um, I'm still salty about that. Uh, and. <laughs> Professor O'Brien will be hearing about. I just think it, it's <laughs> not you. even Thank a gloating you. thing. I just think it's funny because like Joe now will be like, like I'll be seeing a clip and it'll be like Colbert. Here's Dayglow, and Joe will be like, I was fucking right. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, it's like it's like you have this weird anti relationship with the more he grows, the more you get mad. No, I love it. I just love his music so much. I I want the best uh, for him as an artist, but I do. I every time I just think about that. I'm salty towards my my uh, classmates 
more than anything. Yeah, didn't they like cash they had you a down? Vote. They had a vote, and they voted me fifth place. Man, too bad. All right, you well, know? I just wanted to play that story because I always <laughs> think it's so funny because every time it Thank comes you. up, you Thank just you get so Thank you for stroking upset. my ego. Colin. No worries. I appreciate it. Um, but I've been listening to, so I, I haven't really told the Laura this. I, uh, I do for the show, I do playlists every week. Usually it's like joking. Usually it's like, you know, last week's was anti-establishment, but you work at corporate. That was the name of the playlist. And it was just all about like these songs where it was like, you're working your job, but you hate the machine, but you need the 401k, all this kind of stuff. (laughs) And uh, so that was kind of the vibes. But this week, since we had you on, I was like, and you know, it's Women's History Month. I was like, let's do something with that. And I specifically made a She She Rocks playlist. Um, Oh, that's awesome. So I, okay, first off, somebody's going to get really mad at me and be like, technically, this isn't a rock song. And I'm like, Shove it. Whatever. You know what I mean? Like We say rocks about everybody. It's right. like yeah. not about rock music. It's just about yeah, it's about it's, it's about the the vibe. And genre it's the vibe vibe. Is rock. And genre is kind of <laughs> yeah. dumb sometimes too. You know what I mean? With putting people yeah. in boxes and being like, you can't yeah. go to mm-hmm. this, you can't do this. So I made a playlist for it, and so I've been listening to all these great female artists. Um, and you know, I usually put my mainstays on there like i'm a big uh clario fan i've also been listening to a lot to like saint vincent again which i really mm-hmm. really mm-hmm. like she's yeah. got if you guys don't know about saint vincent she's got one the coolest guitar sponsorship of all time which is the music <laughs> and guitar like she has her own custom guitar she does she's a signature model dope. and it's the coolest little like i i came up in classical music which is it's a all, cool body shape it's mm-hmm. so cool and like the yeah. thing with it is like I came up with classical music. So like everybody has the same instruments, right? So the instruments yeah. are basically utilitarian. There's not really like a personality to it. It's Maybe like, that's a marketing opportunity for some company to make cool classical instruments. I wish. Uh, Just saying. There are cool <laughs> ones. Uh, we I, I've seen there's a seven string violin. It's called a Viper. Um, Whoa! It's really that's hard a to crazy play. name. I tried to play yeah. seven string violin. Wow! Yeah, yeah, this guy named Mark Wood who came to my high school like a couple mm-hmm. times made it, but like it's this crazy and like the whole thing because it's seven strings, it's like so close together the strings it's so hard to play anyway i was gonna say that music man guitar i love because it's kind of like a classical instrument it feels very utilitarian where Mm -hmm. it's like everything is in easy reach it's nothing flashy but you can shred on this you can play whatever you know and that's kind of the cool part about it and like saint vincent always has like these crazy you know guitar riffs i've really liked uh the song that for some reason, I can't get away from Twilight. I really like this song <laughs> called uh, Antidote by St. Yes. Vincent, which is so good. And I was like, the, it was a time, and they still do this now with movies, which I don't understand, where they like make soundtracks for movies, but there's none of the songs in the movies whatsoever. It's like someone just came up with this idea where it's like, you can get away with this brand, and this will help you get streams because people like Twilight. So, mm-hmm. well, and like her song isn't in the movie. Yeah, they do that all the time. And I don't know why. So she's in the Breaking Dawn part two, you know, and I'm like, this isn't in the movie. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> but I was listening to a bunch of stuff. I also was listening. I'm, I'm glad you uh, brought up uh, the Wilsons, which is uh, I was listening to Heart more and like. I grew up, like, obviously I'm more classic rock stuff, so I'm used to, you know, like, the crazy on you and the Barracuda. But I never really checked out Hart's, like, 80s catalog at all. And I'm a big, you know, like, ballady kind of person. And I was like, this is so good. Why do we not hear about this more? Um, and, like, I, I was just blown away because 
one for like any act who like reaches such heights as Hart did back in the day, and then ten years go by and they sound the same. It's just super impressive to me when it comes to like their ability to sing and their playing and stuff like that. But the record is very that I personally enjoy is it's literally just called heart. And so like it, it's kind of like, you know, you're restarting all this kind of stuff and they had this new sound that was so like synth heavy and ballad heavy. And at first I was like, how is this going to work? Cause I'm used to heart, you know, like very, belty whaley you know like really like we're rocking your socks off but it works so well i really like um nobody's nobody home that's like my favorite one off that album and they just do so well at like transcending genre you know they're still a rock band but Mm -hmm. it's like they've gone with the times and it doesn't feel artificial which is so hard to do especially with Mm -hmm. them and like they they've just always been crazy to me like the amount of power they have the amount of legacy they have uh i mean a lot of people have probably seen there's a uh, kennedy center or a, a kennedy center honors where you know uh, they're playing stairway to heaven and uh they sing yeah. <laughs> stairway to heaven better than led zeppelin does oh, and oh, i was yeah. like <laughs> hello it's mind-blowing yeah right. that's that's incredible i have to check that yeah. out yeah but yeah, yeah. Crazy so i'm very excited for your interview yeah. nevertheless uh, yeah so yeah. it should be good yeah, me too. I, um, uh, you know, we honored Nancy Wilson last year at the She Rocks Award, so I got to interview her. Right. And now I get to interview Anne, so I, I'm, I'm pretty stoked. It's it's like shh, don't tell anybody, but the podcast is my way to just talk to all the people I want to meet. <laughs> no, that's literally that's like what us we're too. About. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, this is honestly just secret, so we can meet cool people. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> secret weapon yeah yeah that's great well we appreciate you being on the show you know talking to us idiots for a couple of you know an hour now <laughs> and so we do appreciate yeah, it yeah of course yeah it's been so great having you on is there anything else you want to plug I mean we got the spark mini over there we got you know the she rocks awards we got something else I'm missing because you have so many accolades I can never name them all <laughs> No, I'm, I mean, I'm mostly focusing on the She Rocks Awards. We actually, like, if you are in Southern California in June, it's open to the public. We sell tickets to it. So nice. you can go to she Rock, SheRocksAwards.com and, like, come to the show. Um, it's pretty awesome and fun. And, uh, yeah, Spark Mini, available at PositiveGrid.com. Yeah. Sweet, sweet. Gotta get our hands on that, Joe. <laughs> Gotta get our hands on that. <laughs> well, Laura, thank you so much yeah. again for joining us. Uh, we really appreciate it. Thanks, guys. And this is fun. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. I'm glad it was fun. <laughs> yeah. well, I was very nervous. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. Guys, thanks for listening to the Biz Tape, your all things music business and media podcast. We really do appreciate you listening. If you could do me one favor, though, just one favor. Please download, rate, subscribe to the show. It helps out a lot. Also, we got our biz tape socials for exclusive content like the poll I used in this episode over on Instagram and Twitter, for instance, that I do on Mondays. Anyway, we also have our newsletter. If you're not completely filled in on music business news, I basically take all the stories I couldn't fit in, put it in there. I also have exclusive playlists and other exclusive content you can find there and you can subscribe below. Anyway, thank you guys. Appreciate your time and have a great day.
Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited-time 2% cashback on purchases. And pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. Welcome to 500 Greatest Songs, a podcast based on Rolling Stone's hugely popular, influential, and sometimes controversial list. I'm Brittany Spanos. And I'm Rob Sheffield. We're here to shed light on the greatest songs ever made and discover what makes them so great. From classics like Fleetwood Mac's Dreams to The Ronettes' Be My Baby, and modern day classics like The Killer's Mr. Brightside. Listen to Rolling Stone's 500 Greatest Songs on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi there, I'm Bob Pittman, Chairman and CEO of iHeartMedia. Welcome to Math & Magic, Stories from the Frontiers of Marketing. This week, I'm talking to acclaimed musician and entrepreneur, Pitbull. I think that education is the real revolution because as much as we speak about all the problems that there is in society and the world today, my mother's always told me, son, don't worry, the world's always been coming to an end. Don't let it scare you out of living. Listen to Math & Magic on our very own iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Listen to the highly anticipated 100th episode of Tank and Jay Valentine's R&B Money Podcast with artist Chris Brown. Even working with you from Carrie Hilson, Adonis, mm-hmm. back in the day, I was 15, 14 doing that album. So like I said, I was in school like, yeah. okay, this is how you do it. This is how you make a song. There's a verse, a pre-chorus, and then a hook. I didn't know none of that. You learned I, that over a summer, bro. That's what I, it felt like. That's what it felt like. Listen to R&B Money on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts.